Hello, and welcome to White Homework. This is a podcast designed to inform, educate, and restructure community into unlearning racism. Join our host, Tori Williams-Douglas, as she gives deep insight into the history of racism in America and how we can dig ourselves out by becoming vocally anti-racist. Hey, y'all. Welcome to class. This is White Homework, a podcast about race, racism, and restorative justice. I am Tori Williams-Douglas. I'm a writer, a speaker, and an anti-racism educator. I'm also the creator of White Homework, which is an anti-racism course that's specific to where you live and work and have privilege. Today, my guest is writer and comedian and my former arch nemesis, Alice Hamilton. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> and sister, you forgot sister. Well, I feel like that was implied by the former arch nemesis. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, what is what's what's life like in um, Los Angeles County slash uh, Corona Land? Uh, what 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 day of quarantine is it? Someone on Twitter said a hundred something. Yeah, it's a hundred something. I've, yeah, I've lost count of the days. Yeah, I've. That's what it's like. It's all all blurring (laughs) together. And we have to do all this shit over again because we have more cases than ever. So cool. Yeah. Glad we just wasted that whole year. Yeah. I was journaling and then I put my journal down. I was like, I'll do some more in like a few days. And then I just picked it up today. And it's like last time I wrote something was in May. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, I'm like way behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really funny. I actually did the same thing. I felt like I had an excuse, though, because we moved. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was like my last journal entry was like May 28th, I think. Um, this is right after it was right around when George Floyd was murdered. And then I like picked up my journal again. I was like, Oh yeah, it's, it's June 29th. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I take little cliff notes. If I, if something significant happens, I'm like, Oh, remember to write that down. Mm-hmm. So I take little cliff notes on my phone. And so I had like the little, I can tell when I'm getting behind because the little scrolly bar on the side just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I should probably start writing. Yeah. Now the, um, I don't know. It's, I haven't journaled in a long time because as you know, our mom would just take our journals and read all of it. Um, so I, <laughs> I was like, well, this isn't, that's not how this is supposed to work. Yeah, <laughs> but I finally started journaling again because I was like, okay, if coronavirus kills me, I, like I want my kids to know how much I love them. That's literally the reason I'm doing this. Yeah, I started journaling just because I moved to California, and mm. just then I was like, you know what? And now I'm going to journal. So all of the journals say like California Journal in the front of them. Oh, because okay. I'm like a eighth grader. But <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. Speaking of journaling, uh, I think we need to talk about white privilege. Yeah. Um, does it exist? That's I, all I don't, bullshit. I don't think it does. I don't think white privilege is a real thing. I don't no. know if you know this, but like, I've done a lot of research and that research has been like my life and a couple like racist movies that I watched in the nineties. And I don't think white privilege is real. I think so if you work be. hard you can succeed just like everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a fancy and long-winded way of saying black people are lazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is. Especially like, and it's so so wild because 
I, I mean, obviously, like, white people are told this, like, by their parents, just straight up told that, like, we get into college, we get to go to college for free, right? Yeah. And that we get to, like, jump and jump, like, their kid's place in line um, to go to college or to get a job, which is just yeah. patently false. And there's so much data on this, but white people continue to lie to their children, um, um, I just like, just so any white people listening know, I had to drop out of college cause I ran out of money. And what's yeah. funny is that I was raised by Republicans. We were raised by Republicans. So I was no, under the you. impression that I was just going to, the school was just going to be like, Oh, a black person. Sure. So when they genuinely wanted money, I was like surprised. Yeah. That was really funny too. Cause I remember like pulling out, I remember like writing these essays for like scholarships and my mom, my mom, our mom, I'm so bad at this. Was like, oh, you're definitely going to get it because you're black. I'm like, they have no way of knowing that I'm black. I didn't write anything about that in <laughs> the essay. And it's not in any of the questions. They're, they don't know. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. <laughs> um, and it cre- that creates like so much jealousy and like if you actually believe it, like imagine just being like a white kid that you've been told that your whole life and you have no reason to question the people that love you. Mm-hmm. Like it just breeds so much jealousy of like that person doesn't have to work that hard for it. Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah. yeah, that burns into your brain at such a young age. Obviously, it's going to you're going to have issues later in life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that people get really um, people get really defensive around the term white privilege. And I think that that's largely, largely just because like they don't know what it means. Cause yeah. it's really become like this sort of cultural shorthand for um, the phenomenon of white people having better outcomes. Yeah. Right. Um, that you may have, you know, you may grow up dear poor, you may have a disability, you may be queer, like there are all kinds of um, factors that could affect your level of privilege. Um, but race isn't one of them. And I think that in in the like, when several years ago, when people were saying check your privilege, I was like, that doesn't really work, right? Because the people who want to learn that like that that phrase that that statement doesn't is it's not actionable right it's really dismissive and it's also really lazy because i mean like i i strongly believe that like white people have this obligation to talk to the white people in their lives that don't run into black people on a regular mm-hmm. basis mm-hmm. and just yelling check your privilege at your uncle at the thanksgiving table <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that might know what feel that means. like, yeah, that you might feel like, you know, you're standing up and doing the right thing, but you haven't done a whole lot of work. And it's actually so lazy because now you don't have to do the work. You can just, just talk to your uncle. Yeah. You can walk away and feel like you did something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, I think it's really kind of self-defeating. Um, a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the ways that white people use the term privilege is really kind of self-defeating. Mm-hmm. I think wasn't it wasn't it in Los Angeles when all those white people were like I've renounced my privilege. God, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. But I, could... I saw the video. There's certain videos that like I cannot click it. I cannot bear 
mm-hmm. to watch what I just can tell from like the mute icon that I can't open that video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like all the celebrities apologizing in black and white and the singing the Imagine song. I don't know how anyone opened the file. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't hear a word of it. it. No, I, I, I couldn't. Not. I couldn't do it. But um, something I posted on Instagram. But probably, I guess it was probably last month. So I was like, you can't renounce your privilege. You can only spend it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I th- for I renounce my privilege. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, but no. the thing is, it's like, if when you spend your privilege, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but when you spend your privilege on behalf of like historically marginalized people or groups, that means you have less. Right. So if what you are doing with your privilege is giving you more opportunities, more access, more power, more cash, then you're not spending your privilege. You're actually just reinforcing white supremacy, because if you're actually doing the work, you are going to that's going to cost you. Right. Like standing up for black lives costs you. Um, I mean, just this week, a detective in, I don't know, Georgia, where was it? Got fired or somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah got fired for posting black lives matter it like, that's a fireable it that's a fireable offense mm-hmm. just saying that like our lives matter is a fireable offense in this country um it's just supposed to show you the cops can fire people when they really want to yeah that 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 too um but i think that that's that's really how you use your privilege right if you were willing to have those kinds of conversations that get you disinvited to thanksgiving or um you know whatever written up at work like that's how you spend your privilege it's not taking a knee and saying i renounce my white privilege um like yeah that's a performative activism yeah yeah i mean it it reminds me a lot of church it's like okay why are you all here if you're i i one time i did the math on like how many hours like american christians spend in church um like every year and just saying like okay if if each of these hours for each of these people is worth ten dollars like what could we actually be doing with that Mm -hmm. right if instead of sitting your butt in a pew for 90 minutes to two hours um you went out and you were like fixing people's house or like helping them do their taxes or babysitting so they can go to the grocery store without having to bring their kids who are super exhausted. Like you could be doing those things (laughs) and they're not Mm -hmm. mutually exclusive, but people tend to think generally speaking, if I'm in church, I'm doing the work. Right. Um, Yeah. And like, again, like I, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, we can do both. It's like, yeah, but, you're, but you're not. So what's good. Um, yeah. And for like, for me, the ways that this, the ways that I see this play out are very similar to like the, the, the evangelical church culture, right. Of like, I'm going to say the right things, but you know, Monday through Saturday, I'm just kind of, kind of keep doing what I'm doing because it's working for me. Right. So. I I feel like a lot of white people, like it, white privilege isn't just confusing. They're like being actively misinformed because the Fox news definition of white privilege is never what the actual definition is. It's just being told to them in a way that is supposed to make us seem like we're being irrational. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so yeah. it becomes like sort of like a like a buzzword, like a 
you know, for certain mm-hmm. people where it feels like, I don't know that to me, there's just something so snobby about like using language and you kind of know the other person doesn't understand or yeah. like, you know, the other person misunderstands it. So mm-hmm. when you like use white privilege with someone like more on the right wing, you know, already they have a different understanding of it. So like, right. I would try to like work around that phrase. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, I do the same thing with racism. Like I never call people, I'm sure I have, but I make a point to never call people racist on Twitter. Um, I always say like this action, this is racism, right? Because Mm -hmm. like racist, like, yes, on one hand, it is something that you just are. Um, by virtue of growing up in a white supremacist society. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, like, I don't think you don't get anywhere in a conversation with when you use that online, when you use that word, right? So it's dealing with actions and behavior as opposed to saying, like, you're a bad person. Um, And I think that, you know, another way that this sort of plays out is... um, in this in this idea and sort of backlash against cancel culture right and and the ways that um you know people people being held accountable powerful people being held accountable by the people right people with no power who just Mm -hmm. happen to all agree that hey what you're doing is shitty like maybe you should go to jail or whatever whatever the situation is um i think that there's there's an aspect the way that white the way that white people tend to use tend to use canceling someone um it's like cutting them off it's still it's still like working within this violent narrative it's not it's not restorative um it's not working to bring people back it's not working to educate it's just like all right i'm done with you like you're you're the bad guy i'm the good guy and um i don't know, i i mean i think it's it plays out very differently depending on like where you are on, on the like political spectrum. Um, you know, I think that, I think people on the right tend to feel fairly hurt that they are not, you know, that they're losing friendships and and family members won't talk to them, um, Mm -hmm. because of their, their morality. Right. It's not, it's not politics. Um, it's, it's morality. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's, that's like a really kind of interesting facet of that, right? Where like the right is like, no, I don't like cancel culture is just whatever. And like, you know, we don't deserve that. And everybody, what about, what about forgiveness? And everybody deserves a second chance. Like, okay. You, you can be quiet. <laughs> on, on like on the left, I think it's kind of the opposite of like, I'm going to use this. It's still using your, your privilege, Right. To, to shut someone down. It's yeah. still like, that is not, if, if you aren't working from a restorative justice, like framework and model, um, you're just recreating the same hierarchy we already have. And we don't need, we don't need white people recreating white supremacy. Like we have plenty of versions of that. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's, it's strange the way that people use their privilege with the like, it, you know, there tends to be like this shame response or the defensive response. And that's sort of, it's hard to use the term white privilege with 
most white people um, without it being like just derailing your whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have privilege. I grew up poor. Um, but yeah, I think that when, when we're having like really, we really need to have a conversation that reframes what it looks like to, um, correct behavior. Yeah. You know, um, Um, I feel like there's, uh, there's like a an attitude towards cancel culture from some powerful people. This mm-hmm. attitude of like, um, I don't know that it's you can't come back from it. Like you just you can't apologize just, or like to be lie. made such yeah, a lie. Be that this idea that like being made to apologize is the most degrading thing that could happen to you. It's really over dramatic. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, one of the re- things that I. There's a lot of comics that are uh, talking about this Chris D'Elia incident since he was recently canceled. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> like he had one of, everyone was talking about the fact that like no one liked him beforehand, which like there were people <laughs> that liked him, but there was a, a he was a really polarizing person. So there's a lot of people who mm. felt strongly for a long time that they didn't like him. And mm-hmm. I was one of them. I had tried to give his stand up like a fair chance. Mm-hmm. and just genuinely didn't like it. And then one time I was watching it and I was like, oh, I actually hate this dude as like a person for no reason. <laughs> I have no reason for it. Okay. But one of the things I didn't like about him was that he had his pinned tweet on his Twitter page mm-hmm. and, and it just said like, I'll never apologize for any of my jokes. If you don't like one of my jokes and it hurts your feelings, then fuck you. Okay. And it's just like, the, there's this idea that like, as a comic, you can't do anything wrong. Or that you're above, uh, that, like, that you're above correction. Yeah, right? that you you and, that, and, like, and I it, think that there's an idea that's an idea among like powerful people too, just across the board. Is like yeah, and you don't that, get like, to you don't get to do right. You don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah, apologizing because some person in an apartment in Minnesota got something trending about your name, like. They're like, oh, I'm not going to apologize just because of that person. You know, it's like, it's like they feel like it's degrading and humiliating. I'm like, no, you're just being asked to like respect that person as an equal to you. Mm-hmm. Like human beings are equal here. So mm-hmm. if that person points out something wrong and then a bunch of people use their freedom of speech to agree, like yeah. then you should apologize even though you're some, yeah, technically one person in some apartment in Minnesota is quote unquote making you apologize. But I don't like this attitude of, like, not apologizing. And I feel like that makes the cancellation worse. Because Hmm. if we were all in the habit of, like, apologizing just Mm -hmm. for about the small stuff, about the big stuff. Yeah. Then people would be able to see that our attitude had changed. Uh Uh-huh. And, I mean, I guess I'm talking more about cancel culture than white privilege now. So you should probably get back to white privilege. I think, I mean, I think that it's, I think it really overlaps, right? Um. I mean, I really, I really do think that there's a lot of overlap here. Not to, not to say that like it, it because it's this idea. Both of both, like cancel culture, uh, the way that white people conceptualize cancel culture, right? Which is false. It's not a real thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the way that the cancel culture plays out is, is like you, like nobody can tell. Right? Nobody can tell me what to do. Nobody can tell me to apologize. 
I will not be held accountable for my actions or my words or my comedy or, you know, what, what have you. Um, and that is sort of like, that kind of becomes like this hill that they're, I don't even want to say willing to die on because it's like, they're willing to commit more violence to maintain this position of you don't, you don't get to tell me that what I did harmed you. Right. Like you don't get to tell me that what I said was dehumanizing. Like Mm -hmm. I get to decide that. And again, like, this is, this is white privilege, right? I get to decide if what I did hurt you. I get to decide if what you experienced actually happened. I am the arbiter, the authority on everything your entire life. And so there's like, it's like, yeah. And to be clear, I want, I like, we're talking about like moral stuff. I'm not talking about like someone in some apartment somewhere is equal to like a doctor or a scientist on Twitter. I'm talking about like just human to human. Right. Um, Right. 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 It's, we don't all have equal skill sets. Like, absolutely. That's, that's not what we're trying to say. That's a good point. (laughs) But just saying that like, if, if someone says that you hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Which, it's it's wild because it's like the people who say like a oh, white privilege doesn't I think exist that's a Louis are the CK same. Quote. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The late the late Louis C.K. who has <laughs> is still alive has not been canceled. Just still kidding. alive, still has lots of money. Just did a show no. with Dave Chappelle. Ugh, ugh, you can't see me like flipping off the screen right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of cancel culture being massively unsuccessful. <laughs> like why are you still around motherfucker um but yeah no i i just started i've started saying the late louis ck because he's dead yeah, louis louis won't leave <laughs> um but i think oh my gosh you totally made me forget what i was gonna say Jesus oh. <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's funny that the same people who say white privilege doesn't exist are the people who tell us your experience is only valid if i decide that it is valid yeah. Right. That's only racism. If I say it's racism, I get to decide because I am objective. Um, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that is a, that's a, one of the biggest parts about like white privilege is making you feel like you're an objective third party to uh, like racism. If you're just white or sexism, if you're just like a white man, mm-hmm. do you feel like, all right, the, these people are too close to it to look at it rationally. I'm right. the rational yeah. person. When the reality is that you're not being rational you're kind of being like a little bit of a sociopath because if you see <laughs> racism and sexism and your immediate response isn't anger, like then mm-hmm. there's, if, if your immediate response is, well, let's see what's going on here. Like, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're lacking mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, and it's absolutely. creepy yeah. to just walk up to everything like you're a judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how, that's right. That's not how you engage with human beings, right? That's not like, that's not an empathetic way to engage with, with humans. And I think, you know, if, if you're, if you're in a situation like at work or with family or, you know, colleagues, people you go to school with, like, yes, absolutely. Like use, use your privilege to have hard conversations and to hold people accountable. Um, I mean, I think that like white women especially have um, a lot more privilege than I think that they tend to let on in terms of like getting shit done. Right. It's like if, if white moms want a school to like level up, they make that happen. Like Mm -hmm. 
doesn't matter, right? If white moms decide like, hey, this is this school isn't good enough for my babies. You need to fix this shit. Like shit gets fixed. Yeah. So I think that, you know, again, it's like, I think fundamental to, to whiteness and maintaining the hierarchy of like this, just the social hierarchy that exists is pretending like, again, that it doesn't exist, right? That we all have equal power, that we all have equal say. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to say like, okay, well, you know, it's like we have all these hundreds of black or, you know, Latinx families that are advocating for their kids' schools and nothing's fucking happening, but like couple white moms get together and the ball starts rolling immediately. Um, which of course is why they only send their kids to white schools. I'm excuse me. I mean, good, good schools. Not white. They're not white. They're good. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's, it's integral to the system of whiteness to the Mm -hmm. construct of whiteness that you pretend like everyone has equal power while simultaneously just flat out denying other people's experience like lived experience flat out denying that other people have experienced harm um yeah but yeah i think it's like privilege can absolutely be used for good but i think most white people don't really know how to do that i think that i think I think one of the things with white women is that they kind of let their own trauma distract them because it's, and and like, and I, I want to say that like empathetically, like being a woman, no matter what color your skin is, is a difficult thing to be. And you live Mm -hmm. with real danger all the time, all the time. And that's, if you're white, that's, if you're black, I mean, it's, it obviously is worse for Mm -hmm. some people because of, you know, the fact that racism plays a role in it too. But right. that doesn't mean that it wouldn't still be terrifying to be a white totally. woman. No, and you, th- right. that doesn't Being mean a that woman you... is terrifying because yeah. anyone, anyone, again, it's it's weird because it's like anyone can um, enact violence on your body. Yeah, right. Because we don't tell we don't tell men not to rape. We tell women don't be a victim. Yeah. Um, and so I think that what I think that what a lot of like white women find distracting is like it's it's really hard to be told you're lucky when you're still in so much danger. Mm -hmm. That's, it's just a hard thing to hear. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that that's, I think that's where like the defensiveness comes up really strongly. And like for white men, it's clearly about like protecting their privilege. And for a lot of white women, it's also about protecting their privilege. But I do think people who would be more open to the message are just kind of being distracted Mm -hmm. by their, their trauma. And I'm not Mm -hmm. like, I'm not like scoring no, it's, it's them valid, for that. It's valid trauma. Yeah, but you that doesn't like your but privilege bring still protects you down. in a lot of in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. That like not enough. Again, like I know that you're all crying about like what are we gonna do if we if we abolish the police? But like, hello, how many rape kits are not be are not tested? They're the just sitting around really... right now because the police don't give a fuck about us. Okay, so like. I actually, <laughs> I tried to look this up and I couldn't find it somewhere. So I don't okay. want to, I say, I say this with like a bucket of salt. I saw somewhere online <laughs> that someone said that uh, sexual assault was one of the top complaints against police officers uh-huh. in the country. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't see that verified anywhere. So I don't know if you have or not, but like for, for the white women who are like worried about like, if, what if, you know, if the police are gone, who's going to protect me from men? <laughs> 
they don't give a shit about you, sweetie. Like the I'm police, very sorry the police to really tell you. don't help you against men. No, I, no, and, they don't. And you know that because you have friends. Every Who woman have been has, assaulted. Yeah, and and they've called and the haven't police. gone to the cops because they know that the cops are not going to do jack shit, or they call and the cops yeah. are like, I, what I read and like time a after tweet. time again, the husband doesn't get arrested. It keeps happening. Like you mm-hmm. know that the police are not there to help you, and in those situations. So, like, what we have to defund them and get a better system. That doesn't right, mean we replace right. with nothing. Like, we we defund right. it. We get a, a system that works for everyone. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this this yeah. it can't be reformed, and mm-hmm. that's in terms of sexism, also. Yeah. No, absolutely. I recently I recently saw uh, when people were having this conversation on Twitter. I saw a tweet. Um, this woman was sharing her experience. She had been sexually assaulted. She went to the cops, and she was sitting like talking to a detective um at the police station kind of talking about like what had happened and the cop said to her well yeah have you seen you like have you seen yourself like i might have done the same thing yeah i read that the cops do not care about us they do not care about well i mean they'll they'll probably protect your property but they don't they don't care about your body at all not really and I mean, like, not supposed, like the system isn't supposed to, right? And it's like, not how much do police to. even protect your property? Because I feel like we've all called the police when someone stole something out of our purse or out of, or not out of our purse, out of our car. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've had my car broken into. I feel like most women yeah. have had their car broken into. Yeah. And you totally. call nine one one, and what did they do? Nothing. Nothing. This is a bad system. We can do better than this. Right. Right. It's like you are begging us to keep, like the bare minimum you're begging us to keep a facade of safety right Mm -hmm. when actually that system is hurting you too yeah um and all these things are are kind of things that white privilege allows you to think and feel yes with while they're completely detached from reality and white people read the stats and don't even think about the fact that it's like oh this directly contradicts everything that i believe about policing right and it looks like, right but yeah. it feels wrong or like it is right but it feels wrong right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. totally and there yeah God, that's such a great point because it's like this cognitive dissonance where it's like you see you see like data and you see people having discussions about what is actually going on and also like you believe that you are the exception you believe that the cops will come and save you if if something happens you believe that um you know you have a right to defend your property with violence or whatever Mm -hmm. and like you know your gun is worth more than kids lives um So yeah, it's very, it's very much like this rejection of, and I, again, I think it's just because it is like the term white, white privilege is cultural shorthand. I think that that is why so many people are able to dismiss it. Um, it's kind of the same thing with like intersectionality and the way that white evangelicals are like, intersectionality is evil. And I'm like, you think anything that black women create is evil? Like, shut up. <laughs> like, this is demonic. This is from Satan. You've literally been saying this about us for 400 years. Like, we get it. You don't like, I mean, God, whole, a whole other aside. I stumbled into <laughs> um, Black Lives Matter, but the organization Black Lives Matter is evil. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, every yeah. time a Black woman creates something, white men it's decide evil. It's, it's evil, right? Yeah. It's sinful. 
It's mm-hmm. uh, cultural Marxism yeah. or whatever, whatever scary, racist, anti-Semitic term that you feel like using. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're constantly like fear mongering around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how would you, if you had to, if you had to explain white privilege in a single sentence, like how, how would you do that? Or a couple sentences. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just not having to think about the way that you're perceived in Mm, every mm -hmm. single interaction that you have. Right. I've, I've had, you know, when, when you're like talking to an authority figure who thinks that you're guilty of something, you Mm -hmm. know, I, I've had this thought of like, what does an innocent person's face look like? (laughs) You know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I guess like all of these, all of these stereotypes that there are about black people, it's like, there's not really too many stereotypes about white people and the ones that are out there are kind of silly. You don't have to worry about whether or not anyone actually believes those things. Because mm-hmm. if someone genuinely believed zero white people could cook, not a single one on the face of the planet <laughs> can make a decent meal. How much does that harm you? Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. Like, how much is that going to keep you back? Yeah. When everybody who would potentially be hiring you to cook meals is white. Yeah. Wait. I'm, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm too high for one or two sentences. I talked for a while. Oh my God. I'm, I'm kind of depressed at like how many people come on the show high. I'm not going to name names, but uh, <laughs> yikes. Um. This one was an, this one was an accident. <laughs> That's what they all say. Oh my gosh. Gateway drug. Um. <laughs> Speaking of white privilege, like not fucking getting arrested for having weed. Like, hey, there yeah. we go. Ties right in. Mm-hmm. Um, which is here's here's. I mean, I, I'll do my like elevator pitch for for white privilege. But uh, like an interesting fact is that black people in Oregon are still several times more likely than white people to be arrested for marijuana related offensive offenses and marijuana is legal in Oregon. Yeah. How many ways can we tell you that the system doesn't work and it doesn't protect you either, even though you feel warm and fuzzy when you think about cops or whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would just, I like for me, I think white privilege is just sort of a catch all phrase to explain the ways that, um, Whiteness predicts better outcomes, even without white people trying harder, right? Yeah. That white, white people who don't graduate from high school have better outcomes, socioeconomic outcomes, better health outcomes um, than black people with a postgraduate degree. Like, hello, what do you like? What do you want us to say? Like, yeah. And, and it's not, it's not just, you know, it's not just that it's like, it's every single, it's every single area. Yeah. You know, it's not going to, it doesn't mean that you're never going to see pain or disappointment in life, which I feel like is what Republicans try to make it sound like yes. we mean, which is intentional. Yeah. I mean, they intentionally to try to distort, to distort the, yeah. Yeah. To distort what but, we're talking yeah, white about. White privilege because... doesn't mean that you'll never know suffering. <laughs> Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely, you not. can have a really miserable life just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. just probably gonna it's have just... a longer, healthier, miserable life. 
than <laughs> someone else. Uh huh. Yeah. That like, doesn't live in your very, zip code. Very literally. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think we solved it? Do you think that sure. Tucker Carl Tucker Carlson? Why can't I say his name every time? It's like it's a dumb blah, blah, blah. fucking name. <laughs> I think it's a cute name. It's sad that it belongs to someone who is so intentionally. Um, I don't even want to say obtuse. The man is very smart. Yeah. But because he makes so much money, he like just decides to throw gasoline on the fire every night. Yeah. For all of America. He just yeah. wants to burn the entire country down because he makes a good paycheck. It's, yeah. It is wild. Like he's in that documentary 13th. And I was like, yes. What the fuck? Like he's you been, know what you were talking about. Like you know what is up. He's and you were out there. Crazier. Oh my gosh. Talking about white privilege. Anyway, I'm like, this is my biggest fear. You guys, I'm totally off the rails at this point, and I am not high and I have not been drinking. Um <laughs> my biggest fear is that Tucker Carlson finds out about my podcast and then does a segment about me on Fox News, and then all of his little white fans are like, go die, bitch. <laughs> yeah i won't be able to get on twitter for for four months because i've been canceled by right-wing conservatives who think racism who decided racism isn't real because they get to say so mm-hmm. because but white privilege also isn't real anyway did you see the tiktok from the girl who like she puts on like a maga hat and then the bar says like uh yes! it, it's like systematic racism <laughs> isn't real <laughs> And then the next one just says, like, racism became illegal in 1964. Yeah, it's like, racism was made illegal for the passing of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Oh, my gosh. And it's so funny because, abs- like, they would absolutely say, like, well, the law doesn't deter criminals, which is why I have to have a gun mm-hmm. in every single bedroom in my house. But for some yeah. reason, they're like, well, the law has erased racism and we we know that because we passed all this legislation in the 1960s that had um what what's what's the term oh yeah there was no way to enforce it so <laughs> that's cute thank you maga hat wearing little lady little lady little miss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's cute it's real cute <laughs> all right sweet thanks you're the best Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, if people if people want to find your, your stand-up or you just being a turd on the internet, where can they find you? Oh, I'm on Twitter at Alice R. Hamilton. And I'm on Instagram at M-I-S-S Alice Hamilton. Sweet. I'm on uh, the Twitstagram at White Homework. And you can find my Patreon at whitehomework.com it's all very straightforward very simple very easy uh go to whitehomework.com and join the pay the rent club because we are paying rent for a family of color for a year hopefully very soon two families of color so um super excited about that and it's a really cool way to um spend your privilege spend your white privilege in a way that actually impacts people's lives and outcomes um yeah Thanks to Slade Sundar for our amazing art. And I guess that's it. We'll catch you next week.
White Homework is a COBA.FM production. Your host is Tori Williams-Douglas. Executive producers are Jeff Martin and Nate Frazier. Produced by Jillian Cohan-Martin. Audio production and editing by Nash Probst. Music by Kay Salas. For additional resources on White Homework, please visit whitehomework.com. For more information on other COBA podcasts, please visit COBA.FM. That's C-O-B-A dot F-M. Thanks for listening.